Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. In the midst of deep sorrows, he took those, brought those to God, and God transformed them into songs of hope and victory. How many songs have you authored? As many as sorrows as you've walked through? Well, that's God's intention. That in the midst of all of the sorrows that you've walked through, by His grace, they would turn into songs. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives, so we can be our hands and feet. Everyone at some time faces a crisis in their life, big or small, and at that moment it can seem like the darkest hour of our lives. Pastor Ed today begins a new series examining the book of Psalms and the authors who penned them. Today's message looks at a moment in the life of David at a time when he too was in the midst of a crisis. David's response was not to sit and lament his misfortune, however. David instead wrote his troubles into a song, a song that changed his perspective. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Sorrows Transformed into Songs. Building in faith. Man went to a seminar, a pastor, and he went to the seminar. The professor who was leading the lecture said, I walked into a church the other Sunday And something I saw surprised me. He said, can you tell me what it is? So they began to guess what the pastor who went into that church saw that surprised him. And they couldn't guess. And finally, what the preacher said was, what I saw in that congregation that surprised me was a box of tissues. He said, that church legitimized crying, weeping. Sometimes when we come to church, and as Christians we think when we come into the place of worship, that we're to come and always have a smile on our face, a dance in our step, just an attitude of buoyancy. But the reality is that that's not always the case. The psalmist David gave vent to deep emotions of sorrow. He penned them in what we call psalms of lament, psalms of sorrow. Sometimes when we're overwhelmed with emotions, we could almost feel like it's not legitimate. Can I feel that way as a Christian? If I express myself to others, will they understand? Well, turn with me to Psalm 16. Picture these words in the heart of a man after God's own heart. In the heart of a man of faith who slew giants, who penned words of worship 
that leads us still today into the very presence of God. Now, picture these words in his mouth. You're kneeling next to him at the altar, and he begins to pray. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But... I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. The title of the message this morning is Sorrows Transformed into Songs. Well, page through our songbook. It's not different than the Psalms. Page through the songbook, and you'll see... As you study the background, that many of the songs came out of times of deep sorrows. It is well with my soul. Tragically, the writer lost his family in a terrible accident. I think of Andre Crouch's song, Through It All. It came out of deep sorrows in his life. Well, David was no different. In the midst of deep sorrows, he took those, brought those to God, and God transformed them into songs of hope and victory. How many songs have you authored? As many as sorrows as you've walked through? Well, that's God's intention. That in the midst of all of the sorrows that you've walked through, by his grace, they would turn into songs. And my first point is the soul's sorrow. Look with me at verses 1 and 2. In verse 1 and 2 it says, Every day I have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Sorrow was camping on the doorstep of the psalmist's life. Four times he says, How long? How long? How long, how long have you been there? Have you experienced that? Have you ever felt, Lord, when is this pain ever going to end? When is this sorrow ever going to come to a conclusion? That's what the psalmist felt. He felt like it was an eternity that he was suffering. If you read his words, how long will my enemy triumph over me? He feels as though God had forgotten him forever. That's the way it feels sometimes when you're in a hospital on your back and you've been going through one problem after another after another. Uh, One of my privileges as a pastor is to be with people in their sorrows. I spent about an hour in the hospital with a precious brother. And as we talked and as we conversed, I thought about his sorrows. 
And it seems like one problem after another has banged on his door for this past year, even couple of years. Well, someone has said, the diamond cannot be polished without friction, nor a man perfected without trials. A diamond can't be polished without friction, nor a man perfected without trials. There's a reason for our sorrows and for our sufferings. God's doing something on the inside. Now, there are three reasons that he gives in verses 1 and 2 for his sorrows. And they're found in verses 1 and 2. First of all, he feels forgotten. In verse 1, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will you forget me forever? I could still remember her face as though it were yesterday, though it's over 20 years. In the hospital, dying of cancer, and then at home with hospice. And I remember the sense of despair. We prayed, we fasted as a church, we believed for her deliverance, but it didn't happen. And my mind can go back to various people that I know. The faces changed, but the stories remain the same. Trial and sorrow. And we wondered why, God, why didn't you answer prayer the way we would like? The way we had hoped for? The way we had asked you? Now, God's ways are past finding out sometimes. Sometimes we'll not understand until we get to the other side. But he feels forgotten. It's a terrible thing for someone to forget you. You waited for the invitation to that party, and they didn't invite you. you that person that meant so much to you, they didn't even remember who you were. It's far worse to feel forgotten by God. That's what David was feeling. See, David gave vent to his emotions. He expressed exactly the way he felt. And no one came alongside of him at the altar of his prayer and rebuked him. See, we do have times of sorrow. We're at junctures in our life. We do feel a sense of being forgotten. That's what David felt. God, do you know I'm even here? You look around at those beside you, and they're being blessed. You look at those around you, and things are going well for them. And it seems like God is answering all of their prayers and you hear their testimonies and you say well God how about me have you ever been there have you ever walked through that valley have you ever been where David was David felt forgotten well I want to just give you a, a key right at this moment read this quote to you Extraordinary afflictions are not always the punishment of extraordinary sins, but sometimes the trial of extraordinary graces. Sanctified afflictions 
are spiritual promotions. Now that may be hard to believe when you're going through it. That may be incredibly difficult to lay hold of when you're passing through it, but it is true. Because some of the people who have blessed the church the most were those who went through the deepest, most difficult problems. There are some things that happen in suffering that we can attain no other way. See, God was preparing David for a throne, but they were years of pursuit by Saul. They were years that he lived as the most wanted man in all of Israel, as a fugitive in his own country. They branded him a turncoat, a renegade. There are times that we're forgotten and we feel forgotten. But we must remember, even though theologically we know that's not true. Theologically we know that we're engraved on the palm of his hands, that he never forgets us. But emotionally, we feel like he has. Not only did he feel forgotten, but he felt forsaken. In Psalm 13, 1, it says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will you hide your face from me? It was as though God had turned his face. Remember the benediction, the blessing in Numbers chapter 6? In Numbers 6, it says this, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. To the Israelite, God's face towards them meant his favor. God's face towards them meant he was looking at them and his favor was actively working in their life. There are times that we feel as though God has turned his face away from us. That he's not even looking in our direction. The way things are working out in our lives, we wonder, we question. I believe what God is trying to do in our hearts at that time is this. That feelings should not become as important as seeking his face. In fact, Larry Crabb said, feeling better has become more important to us than finding God. We could come to church and have good feelings and never have met with God. We could have fuzzy feelings and yet not have a right relationship with God. See, what God was doing in David's life was something deep and real and permanent and lasting. He was saying, in a sense, David, when I hide my face, will you seek it? little boy was playing with his father, who was a pastor. And this pastor was playing with his son, hide-and-seek. And so the boy couldn't find the father. And he says, Daddy, Daddy, show me where you are. Where are you? And the father was silent. And finally this little boy burst out, Daddy, if you love me, show me your face. And the father couldn't resist it anymore. And he showed him his face. And the son ran up to him. And he hugged him and embraced him. And that's, is it, where it's almost like that with God. God's waiting for us to cry out, show me your face. All I want is to see you, Lord. All I want is to behold you in your beauty, in your tabernacle. That's where David was. S.D. Gordon said, how silent are God's voices? 
how few men are strong enough and able to endure the silence. For in silence, God is speaking to our inner ear. God often speaks loudly in silence. Sometimes he speaks the deepest and most meaningful things when it's as though we can't hear him. Now, not only does he feel forsaken, not only does he feel forgotten, but he feels something else. He feels frustrated. Anybody else been there? He feels frustrated. In verse 2 it says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And every day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look at that. Wrestle with my thoughts. He's going over and over in his mind. He's trying to devise a plan to get out of his circumstances, to get out of his situation, to work something out. That's what it means in the Hebrew language. It's the idea of devising plans, thinking, God, what can I do? Have you ever been in that place where you don't feel God, you feel like you've been forgotten, you feel like you, his face has been hid from you, and then you begin to say, God, can I do this, can I do that, can I do the other thing? That's where he is, and all of a sudden it's like a raging sea on the inside. All this turmoil going on, that's what David is feeling. This is a lament psalm. There's a place for Christians to express to God their frustrations, their emotions, all of the inner turmoil that sometimes sweeps over our hearts. We can't stuff it. We can't deny it. But we should take it before God. That's what he's going to do. Recount your pain to God. If there are times that you wonder, God, why hasn't this worked out the way I want it? God, why hasn't this happened in my life the way I expected it to happen? God, how long do I have to continually pray that my mate is saved, my child turns to you, or the circumstances in my life? How long, how long, how long, how long? That was the psalmist described. But there's a turning point, and that turning point is found when he cries to God. I want to read to you, hope itself despairs, and despair nevertheless hopes. Martin Luther wrote those words. He knew times of deep depression in his life. Hope itself despairs, and despair nevertheless hopes. You know what our problem is at times? When we are in those low points, the enemy comes by, and he tries to tackle you. He tackles you with problems from the past, problems in the present, and he tries to get you to use your creative powers and create problems for the future. He comes with a host of things and crowds you in on every side. E.E. E. Hale said it this way, we should never attempt to bear more than one kind of trouble at once. Some people bear three kinds, all they have had, all they have now and all they expect to have. Well, God help us. <laughs> the soul's sorrow leads the psalmist to the soul's supplication, to his prayer. He prays, look on me and answer me, O Lord. His prayer rests on this profound truth that God is the life giver. That God is 
the one who's in control of everything. I read this story the other day about a man who was on a second marriage and he was going through a time of desperation. He hadn't been married very long and he just had so many conflicts with this woman that he loved so very much. And they bucked heads and it looked like they were headed for divorce. He went into his closet and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And he said, God spoke to him and he wrote it down. And he took what God said to him and he applied it. And he shared it with his wife and she began to weep. And their whole marriage turned around. Look on me and answer me, O Lord my God. That's what the psalmist says. He gives his reasons. His reasons. He says, I'll sleep in death. My enemy will say, I've overcome him. My foes will rejoice when I fall. Notice two things there. His enemies and his emotions. Now, there were real physical enemies that dogged the feet of David. But there are spiritual enemies behind the physical enemies. You know, there's an enemy that wants to destroy us. There's an enemy that wants to destroy your life. There is a real spiritual power. There is a real Satan. And sometimes Christians seem to be oblivious to the fact that we're in a battle. Suddenly, these thoughts of discouragement go through your mind. Do you know that the enemy has fiery dots that he throws? Suddenly, you get into some type of mood, and you say, where did that mood? you got to sometimes realize that Satan wants to put that on you. We forget that there is a spiritual battle that is taking place. There are real enemies, and the enemy would rejoice to see you fall and stumble And be defeated. And so David takes that to God and says, God, my enemy wants to see me destroyed. And because he lived a life to honor God, and because he was walking in harmony with God, God's enemies were his enemies. And so David's dishonor would actually be dishonoring to God. And so he was able to say, Lord, in a sense, honor your name. Deliver me. His enemies. We understood our present enemy, not only his enemies, but his emotions. Look at the text. I will sleep in death. He felt as though he were going to die. He felt as though his life were ebbing away. He felt as though he wasn't going to make it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had the enemy come and lie to you and say, You're going to die of cancer. That heart of yours is going to stop. Something tragic is going to happen. Has an anxiety ever gripped you and you said, where did that come from? That's what David was feeling at this point in his life. David felt like he wasn't going to make it to God's goal for him. He wasn't going to make it to the throne that God had for him. He wasn't going to make it to the purposes God had for him. He wasn't going to fulfill his destined call. He said, Lord, emotions could be terribly draining. They can sap us of our spiritual energy. And so here's his reasons, his enemies, his emotions, but here's his request. In verse 3 and 4 again, Look on me and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light 
to my eyes. First, look. Look on me, God. God, I know if you're looking at me, I know if you see me, it's going to be all right. The Psalms are a wonderful place to turn to when in the midst of the most difficult times in this life. Pastor Ed will be sharing a 14-part series of messages from the book of Psalms with hopes that you'll be encouraged each time you join us. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word.